0: Hey there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for Coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Are you interested in breaking into the world of finance or the startup world of financial technology in particular, also known as fintech? then this is the episode for you because my next guest left the world of investment banking to get an MBA and is deep into launching a fintech startup. But before I introduce you to Alex Brodnick, who by the way, on top of everything else, also hosts his own extremely successful podcast, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's Time for Coffee's weekly newsletter that comes out on Mondays to give you an exclusive look inside the episodes and the professionals we're going to be featuring that week. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number and the sign up box is right there on the homepage. Now, my Frappuccino loving financiers, Please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Alex Grodnick, the co-founder of a new fintech startup called PayClub. He's also the founder of Grod Media, a company he started to help businesses tell their story through podcasts. Alex started his professional journey working in investment banking at JP Morgan before moving into Hulahan Loki and Whale Rock Industries, where he worked in digital media. Alex's wonderful podcast is called Moving Up, and I recommend you check it out, especially if you're interested in the world of finance. Alex, welcome to the Time for Coffee Espresso Shots. Are you caffeinated and ready to go?
1: I'm ready to go. Thanks so much for having me, Andrea.
0: Absolutely. Are you a coffee lover? I know you're the father of a young child under the age of one. Oh, yeah. Coffee is pretty important part of my life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then you are very welcome here. So let's dive into our 10 espresso shots. The first question being, what entry-level jobs are available to young people who want to break into the world of finance. And by that, I guess I'm covering everything from private equity to hedge funds to investment banking.
1: Yeah, sure. So in the investment banking world, which was my past life, and now I'm a startup guy, but we can we can cover the investment banking stuff first. Recruiting is very, very regimented. The investment banks recruit at a handful of schools. They come on campus. They do interviewing. They hire a couple people to be interns. Those interns happen your junior year of college you stay late, you sleep in the office, you do a good job, you're willing to work hard, and then you get a return offer to come back after your summer. And then you line up your full-time analyst job, which lasts for two years in investment banking. And then lots and lots of people after that go to the buy side. Those are the private equity and hedge fund jobs. And they do those for two more years. And then the path is business school. So they call that two, 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 two years of investment banking, two years of by side and then two years at business school, and then who knows what you go back and do after that
0: Got it, and when you say it is regimented, are you saying it is almost unheard of that it would
1: unfold in any other way? I mean it unfolded in a different way for me, but it took hundreds and hundreds, i mean if not thousands uh, of emails and coffee chats and you know really really, really trying to hustle your way in because as I said, they have their process, and the only way that you can break into the process is if something in their regular way breaks. Someone leaves, someone quits, someone gets fired, something happens, some extraordinary event, and then you can be there hanging around the hoop. If you don't go to one of their top you know, 10 schools that they recruit at, maybe 15 schools, it's tough to get into those jobs. On the flip side, if you go to business school, so you, work, you graduate from undergrad, you work for a couple of years, and then you go to business school, it's the same regimented process, but it's just much, much... Less competitive, and it's easier to get those jobs and do investment banking or consulting.
0: Okay. And we are going to get into how Alex has built. His really interesting career and CV in the main T for C interview. Check out show notes to see if that dropped before this episode. But we'll dig into Alex's unconventional way of breaking into investment banking in the main episode. Next espresso shot, Alex. What is a useful skill or
1: skills that you look for in the young people that you hire? So yeah, now that I'm a startup guy, I'm looking for a sense of scrappiness or hustle or just willingness to roll up your sleeves and do whatever it takes. Because in investment banking, the job is very, very regimented. You build financial models in Excel and PowerPoint presentations for investors. And so it's pretty much, can you work in Excel or PowerPoint? If you can do those things, great. In the startup world, much more ambiguous. And so I'm really looking for people that just have a sense of wanting to do and get things done. Yeah. And hunger, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's always good to see.
0: Now, what about someone's major, Alex? Is it a deciding factor to get into the financial investment banking, PE, hedge fund
1: world? Not really, because a lot of the schools they hire from are Ivy League schools. And so, I mean, you're going to study English or history or something like that there. Some of the other schools, a lot of people go to University of Pennsylvania and maybe they study business or economics, but undergrad isn't really important at all. They're really just looking for smart people. And so no matter what, you could study art history and get a job in finance. Great.
0: What about a grad school degree? You mentioned that you have an MBA. This is less so for young people who are starting out in that first job or two, more so for those who want to make it to the top of the finance industry, or in your case, in the startup world?
1: Yeah, I think an MBA is certainly useful and it's a pretty amazing couple of years. But the relevance in the, and depending on which kind of industry career you're in, the relevance of it is, I think, becoming less and less important every single day or year. You know, if you get one of these investment banking jobs, then you don't need to get an MBA because you've got the job. If you don't get one, then you can go to business school. And like I said, it's a little less competitive to get one of those jobs out of grad school. If you want to do a startup, an MBA is certainly helpful, but definitely not required. And yeah, there are other jobs that kind of have these windows of opportunity where you can pretty much only get into them after undergrad or, or after business school and investment banking and private equity and stuff like that. Those are window jobs. Windows only open up certain times. But if you want to work a different type of company, a Facebook, an Apple tech company, then business school could be helpful. But again, probably not necessary.
0: Great. What about life experiences, Alex? What, in your opinion, are the most useful ones for someone starting out in the world of finance? And by that, I mean, not the classes that they would take, but maybe the extracurriculars, speaking other languages, travel, internships, what, in your opinion, are the most useful ones?
1: Yeah, it's all about internships. I mean, you can study whatever you want and be whoever you want in in school. And then if you get an internship at a relevant company, then that's pretty much all that people care about. They want to see that you social proof, right? They want to see that you've done something for some kind of brand name that that they've heard of. So if you can get an internship doing a skill set or working in a specific industry that you're interested in, that's great. And then if you can get an internship at a brand name company, even better. So yeah, it's all about work experience. And then you get these internships. You know, they last for ten weeks. Maybe you you don't really probably do that much. You're kind of doing odd tasks here and there. But just the amount of learning that happens on the job is like multiples of what you actually learn in school. That's relevant to what you're going to be doing. You also mentioned
0: having an internship at one of the brand name companies. Is that essential? Is an internship at a small Family run. I'm just throwing it out there. Finance company,
1: valuable too. Oh, absolutely. It's all in you know, kind of how you package it and sell it. But in our society, it's easier to go from a big company to a small company to a company from a company everyone's heard of to a company no one's heard of. It's, it's not like it can't be done the other way. It's, it's just a little bit easier to do it in that way. And you know, good or bad, that's just kind of how it is. Yeah, definitely.
0: So, Alex, what is the best part for you
1: of being in the world of finance? When you're in finance, you're sitting atop the corporate structure. You're dealing with the owners, founders, operators of companies, the CEOs. And so you're really getting to get behind the scenes, see how companies are structured, put together, see what's working, see what's not working. So I mean, if you're like interested in companies and business creation, like there's really no better place to kind of understand the entire great top level view of everything because you're essentially a CEO's advisor or an owner's advisor. And so sitting there is a really, really good place to begin a career and you can see what you like and what you don't like and what's interesting to you and what's not, and then kind of move down market or into something more specific from there. For sure.
0: Now, every job, even being the co-founder of a fintech startup has aspects of it that really suck. So what for you, Alex, are the
1: part of, or is the part of your current job that sucks the most? Yeah, You're totally right. I mean, no matter what your job is, you're LeBron James, you're playing basketball. There's definitely pieces of his job that he does not like. And we all get caught up in the glamorization of startups or the glamorization of these prestigious investment banking jobs. Sure, the great society says a lot of great things about them, but they definitely have tons and tons of things that aren't so great. And my current role as a startup founder, I mean, we've built something from scratch. We're pretty much trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist today and put a dent in the world. And anytime you're doing that, you're going to face a lot of challenges and battles. And basically, every single thing in the world is against you. So it's very challenging. But a lot of the things that my job to do with right now is by doing things that don't scale at all. So what I mean by that is talking with individual customers or stalking with finding one specific investor and spending an entire day trying to get to them or go to a conference. And so these things, they don't scale at all. You know, startups, you're looking to get massive growth and have tens of thousands of customers and lots and lots of investors. But in the early days, you have to do lots of things that don't scale. And a good example of that is the Airbnb co-founders when they were first getting going they actually went to every single I mean not every single but but lots and lots of their original users they went to their apartments or houses and they said can we offer you free professional photographs of your place, this will increase the demand for your unit and and you'll be able to get higher rates and more people will want to do it. But in doing so, people would say, yeah, and then go to someone's house and they would talk to them about the product and they talk to them about the service and they understand what they liked and what they didn't like. And so they say early days at startups, it's all about doing things that don't scale.
0: Mm, Yes, and I can imagine that there's a lot of tedious parts of that, like what you said, talking to customers and trying to track down the CEOs of different companies and wasting a lot of time going down rabbit holes. Alex, what is the best career advice you've ever gotten?
1: It's really just to not take no for an answer. And it's kind of been something that I've been able to translate into every job I've done, whether it was breaking into investment banking, getting that job that every single person said wasn't possible, or now doing a startup that, again, everyone says, isn't possible. And if you want to do something and you want to do it bad enough, then you can make it happen. And everyone else in society, all these other, they're all just distractions. And so you really need to put your nose down and, and not take no for an answer. I mean, I graduated from college in 2009 in the middle of the financial crisis. Our career fair was the day after Bear Stearns collapsed. You're going to have lots of challenges in your career. And most people just say, oh, okay, uh, that's a challenge. I- can't do it. So I'll go do something else. That's not been my look. I say, no, I'm just going to work harder and smarter and better until I accomplish it.
0: No, oh, that is fantastic advice, Alex. So final two espresso shots. What movies, if any, or Netflix, Hulu, Amazon shows, or maybe books,
1: do you think accurately depict your profession? They show billions on Showtime right now is very, very, very good. And I think pretty accurate. I'm a big fan of that television show. In terms of books, there's lots of great books. I really like reading, actually, I don't know if anyone would do this, but the Warren Buffett's annual letter. And he's written these letters for I don't know, maybe 60 years now, maybe longer. And every single year, he kind of talks about what's going on in his business. And it's just a great microcosm of what's going on in the broader economy. And you get to see the investments he's making. And so these letters are like 15 or 20 pages, and one comes out annually. And Those are really great to read. I've actually never heard that recommendation. So that's fantastic.
0: I'll make sure to include both a link to Billions, which I also love, and to the Warren Buffett annual letter. Final espresso shot, Alex. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about the world of finance?
1: I think this gets back to the way that society glamorizes things. I mean, you see like media says, oh, look at this startup. It's fast growing. They've got lots of new customers and they just raised $5 million and they came out of Y Combinator. None of these things happen overnight. Like I think John Lennon from the Beatles said, took us a lifetime to become an overnight success. Nothing happens quickly. And if you're willing to put in the work and grind and face the uphill battles and the rejection, there can be great results for you, no matter the industry profession that you're doing. But people think, oh, I'm I got a job at Goldman Sachs, now my life is made. It's not quite how it works. Nothing's easy. Everything takes hard work.
0: I agree a hundred percent. And if you can cultivate a spirit of grit. And really internalize that no matter what you're going to do with your life, you're probably going to have to, as Alex said, put your head down and just put one foot in front of the other and look at it as more of a marathon than a sprint. You will have a much better chance of hitting pay dirt, whatever that realization is for you. Alex, thank you so much for making Time for Coffee with me and the Time for Coffee community. Alex's app is called Pay Club. You can download it right now. And to learn more about what it is, I'll include a link in show notes, but also check out show notes to see if Alex's main Time for Coffee interview has already dropped. His podcast is called Moving Up. It is the one-stop shop place to go to hear from the movers and shakers in the world of finance. He does a great job of bringing really interesting people onto his show. Alex, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live.